Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, Adela Marcy, and we are steamrolling our way through Q1, as always. And today we are, well, we've got an old friend coming back onto the show, someone that I've known for a very long time, someone that's a dear friend of mine, and most importantly, someone that has rocked it the last time that we're here, the one, the only, the legend himself, Justin Christensen. Justin, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me back, and you're giving me way too much credit, but... I appreciate it. I love how you say that, but in my head, I'm like, no, nah, he's a badass. I, I totally love this. It's it's truth <laughs> to me, guys. Um, so yeah, Justin and I have known each other a long ass time. Um, and also just, yeah, we've been on each other's radar for a while. We've helped each other out, which is cool and just a great dude. So I'm glad that we can get this going. But before we begin, as always, please rate, review, subscribe, and share this show if you enjoy this and other episodes. And finally, this episode is brought to you and sponsored by conversionfanatics.com. Head on over to conversionfanatics.com. If you're a business owner of any form and you're selling stuff online, you can always be selling it better. Head on over to conversionfanatics.com. Read about their case studies. Find out more about what they're doing. They put up a crap ton of great info on their blog. Follow them. Trust me, Justin is the dude. He knows his shit uh, better than most people could ever imagine so he's pretty really into that that being said dude what have you been up to uh like right before we got on the show you told me things have been pretty pretty normal uh where you're at in, part, in your part of the world yeah i mean obviously along with everybody else first part of this year has been interesting you know mm-hmm. but you know we we thought that we were going to be we really didn't know you know, things were kind of up in the air. Everybody kind of freaked out on the business front. Um, and then things took a, a crazy turn and everybody's, I mean, we're seeing record months for a lot of companies like beating Black Friday, Cyber Monday numbers from last wow. year. And, um, you know, we're seeing double and triple digit month over month growth for a lot of companies. <laughs> and it's just kind of hold on for our dear lives and and see. But yeah, we're pretty much business as normal. Like we were talking about, um, aside from, we had to make some adjustments on a business front. Uh, you know, I'm standing in my office within our office and literally the lights are not even on in here other than in my office. Wow. Uh, Cause everybody's working from home still. But, um, other than that, we're pretty much, you know, business as usual. That's pretty awesome, man. I'm really glad to hear that. And that's something I found quite interesting right at the very beginning of how businesses kind of shifted. Because a lot of businesses I know, they kind of went out of business. They lost profits. They didn't really pivot, which is a word that became hilarious for a while. Yeah. Um, but you guys did. And I found, personally for myself as well, I found that after we crossed, say, June, June was the turning point for me. I hit June and for some reason, just everything fell in place. Like we started hitting record numbers again. Yeah. Um, which is crazy. It was kind of awesome. It, it was. I mean, there was a lot. Of, I, I saw businesses lose 90% of their revenue. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of, of, of mess. Um, but at the same time, as soon as everybody realized that, hey, this e-commerce thing isn't so bad <laughs> or this whole online thing isn't so bad, let's, let's go with that. Um, and just opportunities started falling and where um, it revealed a lot of weak points particularly in our business, in our processes and systems, you know, we were very much an in-office company. We were very much, you know, we gave people the freedom to work from home at least one day a week. So at least we had some of those capacities, but we had to shift pretty hard. And uh, I think now we're stronger than I think we ever have been um, and getting better results than we, we ever have been able to, you know, we've done pretty well up until this point. Um, well, it's yeah, it's been fun. And now it's just been hair on fire, you know, going is 90 miles an hour. That's awesome. Well, I was going to ask, like, what was some of the processes that you guys put in place specifically to facilitate working from home? Because again, there are people that are listening to this right now. They have two or three team members um, that, they, that they have had to make sure they work from home. How do, how do they do that? Like, how, how did you guys put those processes in place? So luckily my business partner is an absolute freak when it comes to the processes and systems. And I'm the opposite. I'm just the break stuff guy. Um, and he kind of fixes it, but we had, like I said, we had always kind of done the, the work from home one day a week, kind of, we did work from home Wednesday, allowed people kind of the freedom to catch up on their work, 
not have the distractions, I guess, that come from people bugging them in the office. But late, it was actually weird how it happened. In December, we decided to make some changes and we trimmed down on the number of staff members. We got up to, I think, God, we were 25 plus staff members at one point. Um, and all, all employees, like in, in office employees, and it was crazy. Um, and we realized that we had some inefficiencies and some waste. So we started transitioning away from use of project managers in our philosophy. So we figured out that project managers would talk to the client, then they would relay the message and they wouldn't have all the answers and things would get lost in translation and there'd be, you know, useless phone calls being had. So we said, what if happens if the clients just get to talk to the, the, the actual people implementing, you know, the designers and the developers and that in alone revealed some and fixed some inefficiencies that we had. But when it came to the work from home, we, we kind of figured out that everybody kind of got lazy. <laughs> um, you know, it's like, Oh, we were having people check in at nine 30, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning instead of, you know, just, not sticking to schedule and not communicating effectively. So we switch to everybody checks in at a certain point. We use Slack for everything internally. Um, yeah, people and Slack. yeah, I, I have a love hate relationship with it. Um, but I hate phone calls. So I'm, I'm just like, I don't need another conference call. And so I like, a few of them we can do. So we do a Monday morning huddle, like what's going on for the week? What's the changes? What's the things we need to focus on as a team? And really we just make people check in anytime something's posted for, uh, to a client or a task is complete or ready for review, whether it be design or development or, you know, updates to a client or a call that you did have, we just let everybody know. So I'm kind of a firm believer in communication is your weakest link. And if you can't communicate effectively, then everything else is going to be chaos. And that goes for client facing, that goes for internal. And I just want everybody to know what everybody's doing essentially, or at least have the opportunity to know that. Um, one other big shift that we made is we completely got rid of our outbound business development. Mm -hmm. Sounds completely counterintuitive. I was going to say, yes, sounds good. Total everything, but we used to do heavy outbound. So we were, you know, doing email outbound and had call centers and all of these things for biz dev. But we realized that it was slowly and slowly being less effective. It used to drive 80% of our revenue. So we turned our focus to simple sponsorships. So we're doing, we, we got a lot of event stuff um, happening you know, before COVID and all of this mess. So we would sponsor a lot of events. We would go to trade shows and we would do that. So now we turned it to virtual sponsorships. So we essentially just took that budget and shifted it to something that didn't need manpower. Wow. Um, and we took those resources and then put it on systems and processes. So we're literally focusing almost 100% of our efforts on delivering a better product to our clients. And that has turned into more business development opportunities in the last three or four months. So kind of, you know, create an amazing product for somebody and get amazing results and the other stuff kind of falls into place. That's what we're seeing firsthand right now. So literally every client gets attention that they deserve every single week. Um, before we were kind of like, oh, hey, oops, we got so busy on this one project that we forgot about this one. Now that doesn't happen anymore. So the efficiencies are there. Every client gets covered. Every client gets updated. And this is at scale now. So we're proved it out from a systems processes perspective. You know, we're not a 10 client agency, yeah. you know, it's, you know, we're a 50 plus client agency and it's, we've been able to get a lot more done with less. And uh, it's been an interesting ride and a whole heck of a lot less stressful for me. <laughs> well, I can imagine it would be less stressful now. And as they say, like once you've got like a once you've refined your product to the point where you've got it right now, because I do know this from just your quality of your work and stuff. There's like an un there's like a very earned quiet confidence in the way that you portray yourself, which is really really mm -hmm. fucking awesome. 
but also those same systems and processes that you just built out right now for how you handle your customer delivery. This is something I want everyone to take note of. If you have a better product for your clients, the chances are they will stay with you for longer. Mm -hmm. Like if, even if you're something like me, like you're a copywriter that charges a lot of money and yes, I do have my own problem. We all have problems in the way that we do things yeah. and communication styles, but I accommodate for those and they accommodate for me, which is lovely. My clients and even you, Justin, have done this on a couple of occasions, which I thank you for. People reach out and go, yeah, you're a fucking badass. Go keep doing it. Even when I'm having doubts, I'm like, I don't think I can write copy anymore. And people are like, um, shut up. You do it when you're sleeping. So yeah. stuff like that, kind of, that all comes down to reputation. And essentially, if you want to have a really great reputation, build a really good product and deliver on it. That's essentially what it is. And, and that's, that's what I tell our staff every single day. I said, we got to show up like it's all going away tomorrow. And we have to show up for our clients every single day. They hired us to fix problems. And it's, it's amazing when I get those conversations, like I'm kind of getting goosebumps just talking about it because yes. that reputation is everything. I've been doing this almost 20 years. Yeah. And if I don't, it, and it only takes one day <laughs> to ruin 20 years. Yep. One you know, said that and it's true. Yep. It is. That's everything to me. It keeps me up at night. I actually give a damn. Um, and there's something to be said about that because I have conversations every single week. It's like, Hey, I hired this agency. They didn't do X, Y, and Z. They said they could, and they came recommended. Why are you different? I'm like, cause I actually care. You know, I mean, there's something to be said about a simple, you know, give a damn. And I had a conversation yesterday with a company that got inter introduced to me because they had talked to four other companies that all said, Hey, go talk to Justin. And when you have those conversations, she's like, oh, can you do X, Y, and Z? I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what we do. Those conversations are easy. Mm -hmm. And then when you get to the, the conversation, be like, well, what do you charge? And I'll be like, we charge a lot, but do you want it fixed <laughs> or not? You know, do you want the results? And I'm going to get you the ROI. And I feel confident in that because we have worked so damn hard on being the best that we can and improving every single day. And Literally, I wake up every day and I try to be better than I was yesterday in some capacity. And that means if we have to send one extra email to a client, if we have to send, you know, get on one extra phone call, so be it. Um, and I, I think that is, I mean, that's pretty much how I built this entire business is just give until you're blue in the face and care. And when you do that, everything else falls into place. And that doesn't matter. It doesn't mean if it's, if you're an agency or you're selling t-shirts, you know, it's the same, Yeah. Uh, you know, but just, just care. <laughs> just kind of going back into that whole giving a damn thing, because I don't want to, I don't want to skip over that in the slightest because that is a huge fucking lesson. It's something that really, I, I believe it pisses all of us off that actually give a damn about our clients. Is yeah. Someone new come into the business marketplace, make a lot of noise. And I, I don't think you have this as much anymore, but I know I've dealt with it in the past. You have someone new come in, make a crap load of noise in the marketplace, but then they deliver on absolutely none of the promises they came up with. You're not just, fair enough, you walked out and made 150 grand. Good for you, buddy. You made six yeah. figures. Good for you. But you've now completely fucked over at least 15 clients. You've screwed them over yeah. because now we have to deal with that. And the thing is, like, yeah. I got to tell you, like, from my perspective, the only reason clients actually work with me is because they're like, well, I made an adult made a mistake. Did he fight you for it? It's like, sometimes I've had to fight for my mistakes and be like, no, that's not a mistake. It's on purpose. But if it's a mistake, put my hands up. Hey, I made a mistake. Let me go fix that for you. Let's see how we can do it. Yeah. Deliver on a better product. That right there, that integral part of who you are, by the way, in business as you said, reputation management is all there. This all comes back to them. Like this all goes out. And most of all, you don't damage your reputation. So that there's, there's something to be said about that. And I really want to make sure that is a point that people take home. Is like, be, yeah. be the best you can be and manage your goddamn reputation. I mean, I do have a question for you on this side of things, though. What do you do when your reputation takes a hit? How do you handle that? Own up to it. I mean, the, the, I'm the first one to say I made a mistake and I fixed it you know, I, I will do, I will bend over backwards. Like I'm not perfect. I'm human. Yeah. You know, I do great work, but 
I can't please everybody. Hell, I mean, I had two clients that left us last week. I Client turnover, they leave. I mean, it's the, the nature of agency business. And it's taken me a very long time to embrace that. Because <laughs> you can't because it's like clients are going to come and go. And it's, you just have to learn from every single step. But like, I had one client that we problem after problem after problem after problem. And it just, I mean, I did everything in my power to fix it. And then I got the coming to Jesus email that says, you know, here's where you guys are fucking up. Here's the 15 things where you guys screwed up. And what what are we going to do? It's like, like, this is not normal for us. And I had to explain it to him. Like, this is not normal. And I will do everything in my power to make sure this never happens again. Um, you know, did I burn that bridge? Likely. But in the grand scheme of things, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So I'm going to be around in another year. Yeah. I am going to fix that problem. We fixed, we changed several things in our process just because of that feedback. It's like, okay, we had this technical error and it kept happening now we got to get a better QA process in place. There's no reason that should have went out to the client broken. Um, and, and I mean, I don't let it really get to me anymore. It used to just eat me alive. Yeah. You know, the client left, they were unhappy. Oh, I'm guessing you also took it on yourself. Like really, really like, what did I do wrong? Oh Yeah. Yeah. I, I take it personal every single mm-hmm. time. Same. Because uh, it's mine. I mean, you know, I'm the face and name of the company. And it is my reputation at the end of the day. I was going to say, I don't think like anyone that is truly great doesn't have that. I mean, I was talking to uh, Leanne, Leanne Price, who's, uh, she's a copywriter, but she's also John, she's been John Benson's assistant for like almost yep. a decade. She's amazing. And we were just discussing this. She was like, yeah, you don't realize this, and most great people don't realize this, including John. We go to sleep at night worrying whether or not our customer is A, satisfied with us, or B, what can we do to make it better? Or C, I don't know if you get this, but I do. If I've mailed, like the day that I'm mailing something in to a client is the most nerve-wracking day of the week for me. I'm never mailing in confident because the two times I've mailed in like, yeah, this is going to be amazing, it's bombed. And my brain went, go back to anxiety. Just mail it in with anxiety. Like, Maybe it'll work. Yeah. And, and then it it, works. that's the same thing. I, I literally, my wife, it drives my wife nuts because she's like, put your phone down. And it's like, well, I've got to, this isn't good enough. Like, I just cannot, I cannot let it rest. If, if there's a good enough, we failed. Because I'm in the business of making things better. And I have yet in the thousands and thousands of experiments that I've pushed out, I've yet to reach a hundred percent conversion rate. Yeah. So for that day, I wake up every single day and I try. Oh, this is one of the reasons why I knew that you and I get along so well. <laughs> but there is never a good enough. There's never a fast enough. There's never um, enough. You know, it's like, we need more tests. We need better ideas. We need, you know, better strategy. We need, something needs to be better. We need and, to look outside the box. What can yeah. we do differently? And by, by the way, this is one of the things I get hired by agencies to do, believe it or not, is they go, Adel, come in. How would you fix this problem? Like, oh yeah, have you looked at it from this angle? Because I'm a completely different perspective. But from what yeah. you said then, this is so freaking powerful and beautiful. I want people just to really reiterate and take this home. You, even when I started out, Right at the very beginning of my career, when I told the guys in the back room, Stephen, Essa, Alex, Goad, Saj, P, and a few others, when I told them, yeah, no, I don't think I'm very good at many things, but I had like 10 people visit my website and seven people gave me money. And they went, holy fuck. I was like, what? That's terrible. It should be all 10. They were like, no, what's wrong with you? That's amazing. And in my head, I'm yeah. like, 70% is horrible. It should be 100. Like, if yeah. you read this, you should always give me money. Um and it's because of that it's not perfectionism, but it's that chasing that idealistic outcome that just mm-hmm. keeps making you better. And I know you do it. And I know Paris, whose name I can never say because I'm not going to try, but the great copywriter Paris. Um, yeah. Can you say his surname, by the way? Because I can't. No. I'm not even going to attempt. Like I <laughs> no, said, I'm not even going to do it. <laughs> um, but no, going back to what you were saying, though. What is it about that that keeps you going? Like, how do you deal with those days where everything just feels 
like you're hitting a brick wall. How do you get past those dudes? Just thinking long term. I mean, that's that's really in going back to what I can control. And that's the hardest part is I I can't control everything. <laughs> and I don't try to be, and I've had to work really, really hard on this to have patience. I think patience is a virtue in mm. business and I have none. So my business partner is the opposite. So I think we balance each other out really well. Um, he's very methodical and structured and, and, and I'm like scream from the rooftops. Like I have to, everything going to be done. It has to be done by me type scenario. And I've had to let go over the years. Um, but it's just working on what I can control. And if I work on what I can control every single day and just focus on that and help lift and elevate everybody else with it, then those days that are like, Oh my God, I wish this day would end. Um, which happen, you know, regularly when you're getting up there of any statual size of business, um, but that's, that's just it. It's just focusing on what I can really control. And one thing I've really noticed is, you know, if I focus on me and what I can control and taking care of even my physical health and my well-being and my mental health and I'm reading and I'm getting an escape of some kind, then that other stuff gets brushed off a lot easier. Um, I agree. You know, okay. so... And I, I'm, I'm sure we're like in the fact that we can never shut off our brains. Nope. You know, it's like you always have the next idea and you wake up at 3 a.m. And it's like, oh, I forgot about that. And then it's, you know, pretty soon you're answering emails and you're down the rabbit hole and all of that craziness. But You've already bought the domain name and you're looking at yeah. the market. Yeah. No, I've, I've uh, as, a, as a little side note of levity, uh, just remind me to tell you about a really stupid project I'm working on. I've got a lot of those. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those really dumb domain names. I'm like, I'm going to build something on this. And I actually have started to build something on it, but I'm going to tell you guys this. It's a bit of an exclusive to the show, and I want Justin to know because I think he'd actually appreciate the humor in this. Yeah, and I mean, you know, so I found other other escapes. You know, I've got two little kids, so I'm, I'm, I tried to – I don't think there's a true work-life balance, no. but there's, a, there's an integration of it. Um, so my kids know that, hey, I might have to have a late conference call or an impromptu call or, you know, I might have to get a little work done on my phone or something. Um, but I make time for that. And then I also find escape in other things. You know, I work out every day. I, I play guitar. I try to get, you know, some way to get my brain to shut off and focus on something else other than uh, what I can do better. And I think that escape, too, will help me get through those rougher days. Yeah. Um, and there's some days that I just have to go to bed at nine o'clock, <laughs> you, know, oh you know, that's, that's just done. You know, I'm, I'm over it. The worst one is 9, 9 p.m. on a Friday night. Like when you hit that 9 p.m. Friday night, you know, I just want to go to bed, screw everything. Yeah. And sleep. I've done, I did that last week, by the way, last Friday, I went to sleep at like 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, I, I remember texting my friend with the words, Okay, how bad is it that I'm turning 31 in a couple of weeks and I'm going to bed at 9 p.m. or yeah. like 10 p.m. And she just looked at me and she went, I understand. I understand. You need those days some days. And there's days that I'll, I'll sit down on the couch for 10 minutes and I'll fall asleep at 8.30. You know, it's like... Finally, I get to stop for a second. This is when your brain decides to sleep. Yeah, and I when those opportunities happen, then I, I take them. You know, it's my body telling me something different, but... Sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's those that, that understand that not everything's going to be perfect. That, and it doesn't matter what you're selling. I mean, I get the, I'm privy to seeing a lot of very large companies under the hood. They're good, the bad, the ugly. I get to see startups that are up and coming. And nobody's immune to this. You know, it's, there's ups and downs. There's going to be problems. It's how you handle and deal with those problems. Yeah. And in particularly in optimization and what I do is everybody wants and thank the up and coming one hit wonder agency owners that make a lot of noise in the marketplace. 
they tell everybody that, hey, I did this and I got this instant result versus the long-term game, which is what I play. Yep. And I tell clients that all the time. I can get you an improvement in your conversion rate. I'll just throw a timer on something. You know, fake sense of urgency and I'll bump your conversion rate. But it's not going to be good for your brand long-term. It's not going to be, you know help you with that exponential growth that you're looking to achieve. But if you want the long game, you want to win, you want to better understand your customers. I'm going to get you that exponential growth Mm, and I'm going to do it every single time, but you have to be patient and you have to play the long game instead of it's those clients and businesses that come to me. It's like faster, more, 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 more. We got to go and we got to test. And why aren't you getting the improvement? It's like, okay, do you want to do it my way or do you want to do it your way? Yeah. Um, I you know my way's proven your way. You hired me for my way. So let's do it my way. And then it's like, Oh, Hey, thanks for that extra, you know, $50,000 last month. It's like, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so it's having that patience riding out the roller coaster. Hell, I was looking at a client yesterday that he's like, we had a record month in June and July and we're talking six, $7 million in revenue. Wow. A month. Wow. Um, and he's just like, we're having a conversation just like this on zoom yesterday. Um, two guys still running the company, lean and mean doing 40, 50 million a year. Big deal. You know, big deal. Right. Um, but he's saying the same thing. We were looking at his stats and it was just like this month over month. It's like traffic would do this and then the conversion rate would do this. And, but, but the curve was also doing this. It was roller coastering, but it was going up. And he's like, yeah, he said, we've been doing this 15 years and you know, we're in it for the long game. We're going to be around next year and we're going to weather this storm. And we've had all of these systems. We've invested in infrastructure and all of these things. That, and we were having that conversation is the, the companies that are all up in your business and on your ass every single second of every single day and messaging you and, worrying and micromanaging that have that struggle the hardest yeah but it's the companies that are like them that embrace the process and trust in it and and i'm going off on a tangent here but (laughs) dude by all means Um, please i'm right there with you i'm like yes motherfucker preach (laughs) and and my brain this is obviously how my brain works um but you go on these journeys and those that just trust in the process that have been around it, that embrace the long game are the ones that see this steady increase and improvement and come out of the lulls a lot quicker and truly see the scalability. And I see it in companies that are doing a hundred million. I see it in, you know, fortune 500 companies. I see it in even up and comers that just, you know, might be doing a million and a half in revenue, but are just taking it all in and, and letting the, the processes and the, and the data and the guidance, you know, make it happen. And it is those companies like the one I just, I mentioned a little bit ago that every problem was and every day they were something, you know, it was some question about something. Um, yeah. And sometimes we can pull people out of that kind of habit. Um, and other times it's like, well, this is broken and you guys can't do this. And what about my idea and this idea? Um, those are the ones that we struggle with the most and that don't get the results that we know we can achieve. Yeah, no, dude, I'm, I'm right there with you because those, those are the big things. The other thing that I have is qualification right now that I put into my client stuff is uh, you have to have a certain level of IQ to work with me, which... I, I started to like implement with my clients like, why, what are you doing? It's like, I don't have time to slow down to explain every single detail to why it works. The, like, this is actually one of the reasons I stopped writing VSLs for people for, for like about a year and a half, by the way. Um, yeah. So I, I, it's one of the best testimonials I ever got as well. Um, it really re-inspired me to do it and explain why. A lot of people would say, okay, I read your VSL copy. It doesn't make sense. I'm reading it. It doesn't make sense. Why is it? It, it doesn't make sense. And I'm like, go shoot it. And of course, you know, you get some pushback, whatever it is. This one client was like, okay, I trust Adil. I'm going to go do this. He read the script, verbalized it, listened to the recording back. And he literally called me 
and first words out of alpha adult you are a c word i'm not going to say it because while my audience is american they don't like that word and i was like oh shit am i in trouble he was like no because i'm calling you this because i read your copy i absolutely hated your copy i read every single bit of it and went this doesn't make grammatical sense like he's being an idiot right now his dyslexic brain has gone completely loopy he doesn't know what he's doing I was like, and he goes, but then I trusted you. I was like, everything else you sent me seemed to work. Let's see if this works as well. Puts it forward. He goes, I listened to the playback and goes, what happened? He goes, in all honesty, it sounds like it doesn't work. And then you hear it and then you go, oh, this is literally all about how people speak and their psychology. So it's incredible. But yeah. Um, so Justin, one of the questions I really have for you, because I've got a quick window downstairs to see who's, who's at the door. Uh, one of the questions I have for you, how do you create the mental fortitude to brush some of these negative things off? Well, I mean, it, it comes, uh, obviously there's a lot of practice in it. Um, you know, we have to just try. <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot of things that we do daily that I, I think it comes back to kind of my mental fitness and really coming back to my overall personal well-being and really trying to be better personally for me. Um, so I, I just try to really be better me um, to try to personally brush it off. Um, it's taken a lot of work. It's taken a lot of personal inner searching, you know, I, I found a, I've truly found a direct correlation in my happiness and success with how I treat myself. Um, you know, in my mental health, as well as, um, my physical health, I notice if I'm struggling, it's like, okay, I haven't worked out. I've been eating like crap. Um, it just, you know, just things kind of spiral. I haven't been getting the right amount of sleep. I've been, you know, going to bed a little bit later. Um, and that helps me kind of cope with the stresses of it. And there's just days where I just cannot handle the stress or weeks that I just cannot handle it. And I shut down, yeah. you know, my wife will understand too. It's like, okay, you're really distant. You're really withdrawn. You're snappy. You're, you know, you're kind of grumpy and angry. And I'm like, you just got to give me a, a couple of days to, to let this mellow. And I'll go for an extra workout or something to try to kick the, the, the rust off of it. Um, but the negativity, I mean, I, I, it gets to me, you know, you can go on, you know, I I'm looking behind me and I've got the, you know, top global leaders of 2019 award sitting behind me, but you go on that, that review and there's two star reviews for us. You know, it's, it is what it is and it's going to happen and you're not going to be perfect and understanding that and embracing it and coming back to what you can control, um, you know, is, is where I think the power and the control happens is, you know, so many people rely, you know, an example is, you know, Facebook advertising, for example, some companies, you know, Facebook's like a toddler that needs a nap. Yeah. You know, it's, it's always up and down and there's fluctuations and ad rejections and just something's going to happen that isn't fun. Um, so it's, it's when you get into the finger pointing at other people or the people in charge or the people in control, that's where the, the danger happens and the danger lies in, but I work on just what can I control? It's like, okay, the algorithm screwed up. We're playing the long game. We're doing this. What can I control? How do I fix it? Um, and I literally just live by the model of Kaizen. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's on a poster out here in the office. It's literally, I've got a big banner out here that says there's always room for improvement. And I've got another one with our company mission statement, which is literally Kaizen. So we just continuous daily improvement every single day. And if I do that, we're going to win. And we've done a damn good job of it. I think it, it sucked. I mean, there's been a lot of shitty times in the last seven years since we started this company, you know, but for Manish and I to start it with 1500 bucks and an idea and be able to help and work with some of the companies that we've been able to work with is pretty incredible. You know, that, and just to think back on 
all of those sleepless nights and the times we didn't get paid and the staff still got paid and, you know, the screw ups and the mishaps and the, all of the things that you go through to build a company and I, and to, to not be satisfied even with where you're at, I think is, is another driving force to that too. Um, and it goes for all businesses. I don't care what you're selling, but I wake up every single day, you know, my feet hit the floor at five fifteen this morning to go to the gym and I was ready for my day. Um, it's not always fun, but I kind of personal mission, I guess, to, to beat my high score. <laughs> and I just try to go for that every single day. That's so, actually a really I mean, good way of doing it. Cause you're competing against yourself and you're a competitive person in a positive way. Like you can be yeah. competitive in a negative way where you're destructive, but you're competitive in a positive way where you help others build around you by being the best you, you can be. One thing I do want to ask you here is how do you start building that discipline? Because this is both something that I've been going through myself personally, but I do know a lot of people ask this question and that is the idea of how do I start building the discipline that puts me in the right way. And the reason I say this is simply because I do believe that once your mind and your body are in line, meaning you're physically healthy and working out and your space around you is physically clean and ready, like it reflects what you're doing inside, you have that discipline, things flow a little bit easier. So my question is, how did you start building it? Um, so my journey is a little bit different in that I'm basically a recovering alcoholic. I've been sober for, I guess, God, I don't even know, 2013. So this is seven years. I just celebrated seven years, I think. Wow. Something like that. Um, but I had hit a wall at that point. And alcohol was a huge part in my journey. But I was struggling hard. Business wasn't going well. I was drinking more. I was, you know, just, I was getting fat. I was 80 pounds heavier um, wow. than what I am now. Um, my relationship wasn't very good with my wife. We had just had a new baby and I had just hit a wall. I'd had enough and I quit, you know, just that day. It was like, I I'm enough is enough. I have to change something. I quit alcohol that day. That was literally my last drink wow. June 22nd or April 23rd. Um, 2013 was my last drink. Um, and I went on a physical journey. So what happened was, is I was like, okay, I quit. I had a big breakdown with my wife to get really personal with it. Um, I had a huge breakdown, you know, tears, anger. But after I was done with that, it was like a thousand pound weight lifted off my shoulders. And I did a juice cleanse of all things. Wow. It's like, I need to reset. I need to do everything. And I did a three day juice cleanse. And I said, what happens if I just keep going? And, and that was literally it. It was just like, what happens if I just continue on with this journey? And that was seven years ago. So I lost 20 pounds the first month and a half. Lost another 20 pounds the next month and a half. Started working on myself every single day. And it wasn't easy. You know, it wasn't, I found what worked for me. I started eating healthy. I literally was suffering from sinus issues and had chronic sinus infections and all of these things that nobody could solve. So I started adjusting my diet, you know, removing things. I don't, you know, consume dairy anymore. I don't consume, you know, gluten anymore. And that's been for seven years, but I just made it part of, I, I didn't know what it felt like to feel good. So once I felt good, it was an addiction. Yeah. So, and I still, there's days, I mean, we're human and I'm, I'm not young anymore. So it's, it's kind of that journey and I made it a habit and I didn't force myself to have a diet or, uh, you know, specific routine or something that was a gimmick or a fad. I had tried them, but I, I really, the kind of turning point too was I went to an acupuncturist and he was an herbalist and he did a, a reading on me and he's like, your stomach's inflamed, your liver's inflamed, your everything's inflamed. It's like, what's wrong with you? Like you need to make a change. Um, and then my wife got diagnosed with cancer. <laughs> um, 
So we literally went through two years of that um, while growing a business, while recovering alcoholic, while all of these things. So I guess there's other people that, you know, the world gives you a test. And um, fortunately, I've passed those tests, yeah. but it wasn't easy. No, um, of course not. Like, like life is, like I always tell people, and it's something I've, I was raised with, life will kick you repeatedly to see mm -hmm. if you can get stronger. It's your choice whether or not you get back up again. And, and luckily, I grew up with, you know, a, a pretty entrepreneurial family, a supportive family um, in a very hardworking community. So my dad is a very hard worker. Um, always showed me that just, just get up and work. And that's translated, I think, to, and we're not talking just work at a computer either. We're talking go swing a hammer yeah. and, and, and make it happen. And I think that's carried over as well is just, I have that fortitude like, Hey, it's just another day. You got to go do it. And you've got to force yourself to do it until it becomes a habit. Yeah. And so now I just don't miss a workout. I just don't miss my diet. I do have but I, I think it's pro progress over perfection because you're not perfect. And I can't be perfect. And there's days that I'll go out to a restaurant and I'll eat some stuff that I'm not supposed to, or, you know, and by my standards, I'm not supposed to, or, you know, I might half-ass my workout that day, but I got my workout in and I've never regretted a single workout. They might not be the best workouts, but I just think that it's that compounding effort again, goes back to that 1% and that continuous daily improvement. And it's just who I am now. And I, I kind of feel proud of it that my, even my kids don't know me as the, the fat out of shape um, guy who drinks every day. And my kids are 10 and going to be eight. So the fact that they don't know me as that is kind of rewarding as well because they don't know my past. They don't know. They just know that dad doesn't drink. Um, they know that dad works out every day and my kids are very into physical fitness and that's something too that, and are, they're very active. And that's something too, that helps keep me going is my kids are out skateboarding. My kids are out swimming. My kids are out, you know, running or riding bike or jumping on the trampoline or doing something. And that carries over and to me as well. So I keep kind of setting that good example and keep pushing forward. And, you know, it's a combination of things, but once it becomes a habit and just your lifestyle, um, I personally think, and I've experienced it, that if you take care of yourself, everything gets better. And there's not one, there's not a one size fits all answer to it. I don't think it's what works for you. And you have to try things that to, to figure out what works for you. But if you just change one little habit every single day, whether it be that you start intermittent fasting, whether it be that you, work out, you know, one more day a week, whatever happens to be. Um, you just got to make that change. And I think that translates over to business success too. Um, and that I can just, I can kind of control it a little better when I I'm in control of me and what I can control. I don't know if any of that makes sense, but no, that makes a crap lot of sense, dude. Like that, that is actually very powerful. And that's actually what I was looking for was essentially what you're doing is just pick one thing and go with it. Just yeah. don't make it a thing. Or just to summarize, if I'm, if I'm on the right path here, is don't make it such a big deal that's like, oh my God, okay, if I, it, it's all or absolutely nothing. It's very much like, no, I'm just here every single day doing this. Is it, is it the best one I'm doing? No, but am I doing it? Yes. Did I have a slight slip up today? I did, but did I stay on that slip up or did I get off? It's like, um, if, you're not, if you're not eating gluten, you're like, you know what? I had a slice of pizza at lunch. That's why I had pizza lunch. Okay, but do I now make the rest of the day where I'm going to have, okay, I'm going to have pizza, I'm going to do this, I'm going to have some ice cream, I'm going to do this and do this, do this. Or even like, I had pizza at lunch. That wasn't really good of me. So instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have my regular food in the evening and continue my day. Well, yeah, and the, the funny thing about that is once you get on that habit and it's your lifestyle, your body reacts to that stuff a lot harder. So if yeah. I have gluten, my hands hurt, my stomach hurts, my sinuses plug up. You know, same thing if I have dairy. So I just choose not to do it because I don't feel good. Yeah. 
because once you feel good and you experience the euphoria of it, I guess you could probably say, um, if that's the term, I guess that would cover it is it just, it, it's kind of an unexplainable aspect, but I, I am, I'm very much a progress over perfection. I don't kick myself if I do slip up on my diet. You know, I might eat a chocolate bar one day that, you know, I, I shouldn't have or whatever. It's big deal. We just bounce back the next day. And, and I, I just do what I can control. And if I show up and be the best that I can be, actually give a damn, stay within what I can control, help lift others up. It seems to be working so far. So I'm just going to keep doing that. That's brilliant, man. I actually love that. Thank you so much for sharing that, by the way, because there's a powerful message for people to understand. And it works the same with business. You, you pick one thing, keep going. It's like organic traffic. You're not going to put one thing up and, oh my God, it's all going to work. It's like, no, you might get a little bit of results. Keep going. Same with paid ads. If you're going to pay, run a paid ad, it'll work for a while, but until you understand why and improve, it ain't going to happen. That's why people come to you, Justin, because that's what you do. It is. And I mean, it's a compounding effort. That's, that's really it. You can't expect contrary to what the Facebook people say, you know, it is an instant. It's not instant. Um, it's the overnight success many years in the making. Um, yeah. And you know, it, you didn't become an expert copywriter yesterday. Oh my God. No, 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 I didn't get good at conversion rate optimization and marketing in before I ever started doing it for other people. I had been doing it for myself for over 10 years. Yeah. I so have a slight difference of that. And I'm, I want to get your opinion on this, by the way, because I truly, I truly believe there are two schools of expertise that you can go through, which is I did this for myself to the point that I mastered it. And now I teach others how to do it. And they're mastering it because not everyone can do that, by the way. It's the same with some copywriters. And this is kind of a big issue I've had with a few people uh, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, is you'll have people going, yeah, I've written all my own webinars. We, you know, we've done millions in sales. I'm going to teach you my formula. Great. And then someone else runs that formula and the formula doesn't work as well because it's you know, everything that's basically based around that entire style is based on the human that is basically yep. the creator. It's, it's on his personality. Um, and I find that a little bit detrimental at times. It can be. But what I found is like you went down the path where you built it for yourself. Whereas I went down the path where I wrote for everybody. Like I yep. wrote, so I think it's like 400 plus markets over 13 years, almost. It's like, yeah, experience is there. Essentially you didn't become what you are without testing, without failing, without struggling. We all had to go through it to get there. So, I mean, I did it for myself, but I didn't know the first thing about starting an agency. Yeah. and doing it for other people. So I failed miserably at a lot of things. I had to figure out what did and didn't work. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not saying that I, I came out of the gate when we, the day we started conversion fanatics, I literally started this company to teach it like, Hey, here's what we know. Nobody wanted to buy it. Yeah. So, and I was a direct response copywriter. So, so was my business partner. Oh, I remember. It's one of the things, but I, I can't, about this. I couldn't get people to buy it. So they were like, can't you just do this for me? So we're like, okay, yeah, we'll just do this for you. And here we are. Um, but I, I, I'm kind of jaded to the teach others, even though I come from a very strong info background. Because um, I get to see so many amazing companies that if you're really good at what you do, you're not going to sell your secrets. Agreed. I guess even though I've... I've I've, I've made lots and lots of money selling how to. Um, oh yeah. But oh, yeah. on the same side, I'm, I'm more like, I'm going to hop on with a deal and get, do his podcast and share everything that I know for absolutely free. So I take the other side of the coin and move that free line to where I give till I can't give anymore where I could charge a thousand bucks for an analysis of something, but companies come back and like, Oh my God, you did that for free. I'm like, yeah, now in six months when you're ready for me, 
you're going to give me a whole truckload of money um, and I'm going to do my thing. And I'm just a firm believer in planting that seed and giving and giving and giving instead of chasing that ever loving dollar. <laughs> you know, there's, there's that whole thing of stepping over dollars to pick up dimes. I don't care about if you're going to pay me. I don't need that thousand bucks so bad to charge for it. I have charged for it. And then it goes back to like, oh, I didn't deliver enough, you know, for that thousand dollars. And then you beat yourself up over it. And then we're in this vicious cycle again. Um, but, I think but there is that, that practice, practice makes perfect kind of scenario. Yeah. And that's where I get the benefit of it too now is the same thing where you've written for 400 markets and I've optimized for pretty much everybody, every product on the sun. You know, I've got everything from personal injury attorneys to um, subscription video services to, you know, selling shirts to supplements. You know, it's, it's that understanding of the general market, but I wasn't always great at it and I'm still learning. And I think that's the aspect of it. But just because I have a formula and even though my formula is very, very simple, I just follow the data and I understand what the visitors want and I give them that. Um, there, there's my entire optimization secret. Exactly um, right. So simple. Yeah. But again, this comes back down to the whole thing is I can tell you, it's the same thing with like going back to the whole teaching and how to, because I know some people on my on listing are, I'm not bashing it either. I mean, I teach how to write copy. doesn't mean I'm terrible at it. I mean, for the love of goodness, Justin and I can both sit here and debate. I'm probably going to do a round three known as the copy call where Justin and I just sit down and just trade random copy things at each other because that's what copywriters tend to do at times. We really do. Like we'll find something out and be like, hey man, have you tried this out? <laughs> Like just because yeah. it's fun. Speaking of which, after this call, I do need to hold you for like five minutes because I do have a, a, a split test that I think you would actually enjoy. Uh, not going to share it with everyone yet because we're not there yet. We've, uh, we're still gathering the metrics and the data. Um, but going back to it, there's that whole aspect. You can teach what you do, but it's always the idea of, I teach what I do to people because I know it helps. But then I go on and just like Justin, we go do a shitload of free stuff. Like, the think like a copyright series. I just give everything away. You'd be surprised how many people come back and become business partners because they see that and they go, Hey, can I hire you? And it doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. It took me like 40 plus episodes before I got my first client from it. And I didn't do it for clients. I did it because the pandemic started and I just needed a way to put a schedule together and be like, can I teach? Yeah, sure. I can talk. Let's do this. And I've got three more phone calls today all because it's something that I did a while ago, like a long time ago. It isn't that instant gratification. Yeah. And as direct response people, that's the hardest thing. Mm -hmm. Is mm -hmm. yes. the hardest yeah. lesson that I have learned from running an agency. I can't just go spend a dollar and make two yes. as an agency. I can't get that instant gratification. The hardest thing I've ever done is try to generate agency leads. But I can go out to somebody selling, you know, selling supplements and I can go make them a whole bunch more money. But at the same time, you know, it's just giving free. Like I, I wrote my book. I've given away thousands of copies of that book. Wow. I pass them out like business cards at events. Like every event that I go to, I bet I've given away at least 200. Wow. Like Traffic and Conversion Summit every year, I bet I give away 600 books. But I've gotten, so a story of that is just, I mean, it's the free, moving that free line. I got a call, it's been a couple of years now, but I got a call from somebody that said, hey, Justin, do you want to fly out to Chicago and speak to my entire executive team and give them a four hour presentation on this? We'll pay you. Well, how much do you want? Like, we don't care. Just give us a number. We'll fly you out there. I said, well, I fly first class. I do all of this. And I just dumped it just kind of like, Hey, I don't really want to do this, but I'll do it if you pay me. And they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Here's the check. You're like, where do we wire the money? Um, all because he said, I had a fallout of our normal retreat and I looked at my bookshelf and I said, who can I get to come out and do this? And there was my book. Wow. Just because I, I did that, but I do, I have three conversations yet today that all stem from something I did before. And I've got, video analysis of two companies that I have to do today that I have no intention of them hiring us. 
literally like they are not a right fit right now. They're not in a good place to hire us, but I don't care because I know in a year or in six months, they're going to say, Hey, Justin, help me out in this, or Hey, you need to meet this person. Um, you know, it's planting those small seeds. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is, it's just giving all of your secrets away for free. I guess, I don't know. I kind of learned that lesson from maybe Eben Pagan back Back years ago with moving the free line and, um, you know, kind of following the motto of, um, give without want. Um, and in turn, you'll get it's an abundance mentality. And it is, I'll tell everybody my secrets. I'll, I'll jump on a website and I'll tell you, okay, you need to test these 50 things, but then I know they're not going to test them or they're not going to implement them. It's the execution of those ideas. And in the order that you execute those ideas, that's where the magic happens. Cause I'm simple. I don't follow a fancy framework. I don't, I, I don't have some secret sauce, some magic formula. I just show up. I follow the data. I try to make it a better experience for the visitors. I give them what they want and we wash, rinse and repeat there. I mean, that's, that's my literal conversion formula. There we go. So like that right there, guys, is how uh, you basically show up in life, kick ass and end up like Justin goddamn Christians and the man is a goddamn genius. <laughs> but dude, thank and you I think so you'll much. appreciate this too. just a random copy thing. Go I'm look. looking at this other screen over here. We're doing some work, just started running some split tests for a very large company. I'm not going to name them. You will Obviously. know them literally like huge. Yeah. Uh, like top of the food chain, big. Um, we're testing headlines right now on a survey that they're running. Started the test last night, 48% improvement in survey completions. I'm looking at the data right now. It just clicked over. It's at 97% confidence. It's too early for confidence, but it's literally 48% all because we changed literally six words. So there's a lesson in and of itself. Copy is powerful. Um, so powerful. Don't ever count out the small things. Yeah. And don't argue with your copywriters. Cause like, by the way, side note of a great story. If you guys want to know this, my very good friend and brother, Trevor Toecracker Crook, once got hired by a company. He literally added one letter, not word, one letter to their entire copy, 400% increase in sales. Yep. All he did was he added the letter S to yep. his headline. It was like, this, what was it? This, what was it? Uh, makes life easier or something like that. It was like uh, an adjective. Oh. That it. Bam. That, that's a Dan Kennedy old um True. case study yeah he before the I've, I've used this on on stage like literally that same philosophy is it was in the music industry before the internet i call it the little s that could simple it was the same letter too it's amazing that's funny that you mentioned that but it's the same thing but it's it said put music into your life they screwed up and placed the newspaper ad and it had puts music into your life and it tripled their response to the ad. And the psychology of that is one is conveyed that you have to do work, put music into your life because you got to work for it. The other one is it's done for you subconsciously. Mm-hmm. So That's just that little thing, like literally all we did is took a non benefit driven headline, change it to a benefit driven headline, 48% improvement. <laughs> And that's only the starting point. That's probably going to keep going with some other stuff that you guys have got going in the background. That's test number one. You know, we're just, just understanding what's going on. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's another sidebar, but we could do this literally all day. Oh, <laughs> I I, I, I'm definitely, I'm planning something in my head. Do I need to do this with you at some point? Like just get together a copy conversion con kind of thing where we get some of our best friends and stuff just to do this. It'll be a blast. But we'll guys- party. Oh, hells yeah. Zoom party. Be awesome. Guys, uh, please go and check out conversionfanatics.com. Please hit up Justin Christensen on every social media channel that you can find him on. Follow him incessantly. Be friends with him. And whenever you see him, if I'm not there, give him a big old hug and say that I sent you because I probably did. When when we can hug again. <laughs> yeah. I still hug people. I don't care. So do I. I'm just like, just come in. I shake people's hands all the time. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Come and give me a hug, man. It's fine. 
Yeah. Uh, but anyway, dude, it's been a pleasure. Guys, it's been awesome. Have an amazing weekend. I hope you're having so much fun wherever you are in the world. And if I can ever help you out in any way, shape, or form, please reach out. And as always, please rate, review, subscribe, and share the show. And thanks again to you, Justin, for being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks, man.